And welcome to Weekly MTG, the only show coming to you from inside Wizards of the Coast. I'm your host, Blake Rasmussen, and today we have the show I've been promising for a while now, the Arena Economy a Talk. So uh, I have with me today executive producer Chris Kiritz, and we're going to have a little conversation about the uh, MTG Arena Economy. And that's what this show is going to be. This is going to be a conversation. And uh, just to frame things before we get started, we consider this the start of a conversation. This isn't an endpoint. Um, we're not going to come in here and solve everybody's problems immediately. Um, it's the start of a conversation. We're going to talk about a number of things. We're going to talk about the economy, how and why it was built the way it was built. We're going to talk about pain points from you, the fans, uh, the ones we've seen, the ones we've heard. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some small tweaks we're making soon, some things we're exploring for the future, uh, and then we're going to take your questions. So you can see down at the bottom there we have just, just MTG Arena and then Q&A. We are going to take your questions uh, in chat. If you put questions in chat now, we do have someone who's kind of gathering them, so we'll see them, but you're also more likely to get them on the air if you put them in when we get to that Q&A section. Um, and then we're going to answer as many of those questions as we can before the hour is up. I really appreciate all of you being here, and I really appreciate Chris Kiritz being here. Thanks. Yeah, so Chris is, as I said, the executive producer for MTG Arena, so he is the man with all the answers. Every single answer. Most of them. Most of the answers. We, we are um, a team, but yes. Yeah, so, so we've got Chris in the hot seat today. So I'm going to start off asking a bunch of questions. Um, some we've seen in the uh, community, some we're kind of setting him up to, to talk about some stuff. Uh, so stick with us. We're, gonna, we're just going to get started. No more to do. You don't want to hear me talk. You want to hear Chris talk. Um, so real quick, so we're, we're talking today about the economy. So just so we're all on the same page. First of all, what do we mean when we're talking about the economy? Sure. So when we talk about the economy, I want to go back one step further and talk a little bit about what Arena is designed to do. Right, and our vision for Arena is fun, fast magic for everyone anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that, that includes players who may be less familiar with magic, uh, people who are just starting out on digital, but also includes veterans and people who have been playing magic for almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. So it's a balancing act between all types of players. In addition, you have you know constructed players and, and limited players, and sure. we're trying to present something that is fast and fun for a wide range of players. Mm -hmm. uh, with that philosophy, we knew that we were going to also have to make some concessions. And so some of the things that we know that Arena is not is when we talk about uh, it is authentic magic, but it's not necessarily going to be a simulation of magic all the time, either the, the gameplay or some of the other trappings around you know, magic in general, how you collect cards or, mm -hmm. or uh, trading and all that stuff. We knew those were things we were going to do up, up front that were going to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. uh, but the goal, again, is fast, fun, uh, and accessible. Okay. So, uh, with that in mind, when we talk about the economy itself, the economy is actually all of the ways that players interact with the game, uh, you know, collecting and spending cards and resources, whether it's ICRs or gold or gem, uh, and time. Okay. Right? We look at all of these things as part of that economy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then again, we try to make, uh, create paths for all of the different player types as best we can. Okay. okay? So, there's, so there's a pretty broad definition of economy here yeah. where it's every way essentially that players interact with the game and see bits move around and, and right. get to do more things. Okay. Yep. Um, so, when we built Arena and, and built it from the ground up a few years back, what, when the economy was built, what was it structured around? What was the focus? What was the goal? So, the original goal of Arena, again, was really about current magic, mm -hmm. right? Front list, what we call front list, which is you know current releases, standard play, uh, and in that, uh, what we really wanted to focus on is if you are coming to Arena, you know how do you build a deck uh, and get to a couple decks and get to where, what you want to play sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. And so the primary economy is built around this idea of building and iterating on a on a deck or a few decks at a time slowly over the course of using the you know, the in-game systems, whether it's uh, the weekly quests or the daily wins or purchasing packs, whatever it is, you can kind of take your own pace to build the deck. If you want to accelerate it, obviously you can spend a little bit more up front. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you 
don't want to spend, you can earn everything in-game just by playing over time. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that was in the service of somebody who was like, oh, I'm going to have decks to play with out of the gate. We provide a bunch of starter decks that yep. we expect to be kind of the, the building blocks. Mm -hmm. You know, iterating on some of those or taking that as the core and then adding to it and finding your favorite deck that's out in the wild in standard or in the meta. Mm -hmm. uh, and then building towards that. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things that when we look at if that's the target, you know, kind of where are some of the areas where we uh, maybe knowingly didn't target. And, we, you know, those kinds of areas are things like uh, I am a person who wants to collect a full set. Mm -hmm. This economy doesn't support that particularly well. We know, okay. we know that. Uh, and it's a thing that we want to work on improving. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things we're talking yep. about later. Uh, but we know that that was going to be a pain point because, again, this is built mostly around play, and play involves primarily decks. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that if you have a robust collection that you can build more decks. That's one of the reasons why collecting cards is a core piece of the economy. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons, you know, when people talk about the idea of dusting, right, Ch changing, uh, destroying some cards to build other cards, mm -hmm. we never factored that in because we wanted players to build collections between collections are valuable and are the way you get to more variety over time. Okay. So now we know that, you know, again, in building this economy, we know that being able to trade those resources and, and focus on the things you want is very important. So that's where the wild card system comes from. Mm -hmm. Right. And the wild card system is built to effectively be that dusting system, mm -hmm. but rather than tying it to destroying cards and destroying your collection, we tie it to something that's inherently part of magic and inherently supposed to be fun, which is opening boosters, mm -hmm. right? So uh, so that's the progress bar at the top. Right. Now, get. obviously, if you've been around for a long time, you know that that progress bar didn't always exist. And it was the thing that we added as we got feedback mm -hmm. from players. And like, I don't, originally wild cards were completely random and you didn't know when you're going to get your next one outside of this broad window of uh, bad luck protection. Yeah. So one of the things is like, let's make this very explicit. Let's make it very upfront. You know that every time you open six boosters, you're going to get a wild card, which mm -hmm. is any one card that you need, any one rare card that you need for your deck. Mm -hmm. And then the sixth time you do that, you'll get any one mythic that you need for that deck. Uh, that is built off of the idea of like, oh, opening the pack is the way that you're getting the dust, the things that you would have destroyed. Mm -hmm. We're just giving you that upfront. Okay. So. All right. Um, so you you started to touch on it. You you mentioned that completing a collection is, is not, this economy is not especially well suited for that. Correct. Um, and you know that's a pain point. So what are some of the other uh, pain points, areas of concern that you see with the economy sure. right now? Uh, so beyond, you know, kind of like set completion, uh, we know that if you are a person who likes to dabble in a lot of decks, build a lot of decks, or try a lot of things, that sometimes there can be some hurdles for you. Mm -hmm. uh, again, the way it's built is you have to have a pretty robust collection to be able to bounce around like that. Sure. Uh, we know that that is a pain point uh, and can be problematic. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that if you're trying to build your collection, uh, limit is a really good way to do that because as part of the game experience, you're opening a bunch of cards and mm -hmm. building your collection. You're also playing and earning prizes. Mm -hmm. If you don't like limited, you don't have that option to you. Right. Right. And so that there's a there's a pain point there, which is how do I build a collection as a constructed player mm -hmm. when this kind of viable path isn't the one for me because it's not a, something that I enjoy. Okay. Um, so those are kind of a couple of the big ones uh, that we know about and are you know going to be exploring ways to address. And okay. What about how players do or do not spend wild cards? So one of the you know, when you go back to trying things out, wild cards are a valuable commodity in this economy, right? You mm -hmm. want to make sure that you're spending them because they are, you know, a little bit slower to come by uh, compared to, like, you know, you have to open, you know, a handful of packs and, and earn them, and then you don't want to make sure that you're spending them on the right things. Mm -hmm. And so we do see a little bit of, uh, we'll say, an anxiety in wild card spend. So people will hold on to them until they know exactly what they want to build. Uh, but that also prevents them from just kind of diving into some of the things that they want to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is another point where we're aware of and are, we'll talk about solutions for as, as, as we move along. Okay. Well, you know, let's, let's dive into some of those solutions right now. So sure. um, I, I know your team has to think kind of what, what's happening in the next build and then what can we work towards long term. So right. why, why don't we first start with some of 
um, the, the stuff you've got coming up sooner. Sure. So uh, we'll, tar we'll tackle uh, set completion, okay. right? So uh, in set completion, we know that as you get closer, uh, it's going to be easier to get you know, more of the rares, and then mythics become a problem over time. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way we have uh, duplicate protection in the packs is that as you get closer to rare compete, complete, uh, opening boosters just feels worse because you're really just looking for the mythics in there. And if you have mm -hmm. all the rares, you're getting the duplicate duplicate protection gems instead. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that we're going to be introducing here shortly, and I believe it's, I don't have the exact timeline, but it's, you know, around SNC, maybe sooner, is uh, we're going to sell a pack that is mythic guaranteed. Okay. So when you buy this pack, uh, it'll cost 1,300 gold. Okay. There'll be a gem bundle that you can get like 10 of them for gems instead. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the baseline is 1,300 gold. When you open that, the rare or mythic slot be either a wild card, a, a rare or mythic wild card, mm -hmm. or it will be a mythic from that set. Okay. And we're going to start that with Neo, uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes. And if, again, if it's something that people are super interested in and, and is working the way we hope it works, then we'll continue to have those as part of the set offering moving forward. Okay. So that is one, you know, when we're looking at, all right, how do we help people who want to complete sets? Mm -hmm. That's one of the things we're looking at. Okay. On the other side of that, you have uh, somebody who's, who's looking to build a deck quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that there is kind of an inefficiency sometimes in uh, buying a bunch of boosters and then opening them all to get the wild card. Game, right? you, you talked earlier about how the economy was built around kind of slowly progressing your deck and building it and you're building it and your collection over time. But yeah, you're, you're referring to someone who wants to day one play the latest deck. I, I, I am a veteran. I know like I know exactly what I want to build. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go buy packs and try and buy the right assortment of packs from a bunch of different sets to kind yeah. of maximize my chances to get the rares while trying to get wild cards. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to offer a wild card bundle mm -hmm. uh, that you can just buy in the store. Okay, it'll so direct purchase. Direct cards. purchase. It'll be 12 rare wild cards and four mythic rare wild cards. Mm -hmm. uh, the theory is that, again, if you're Pretty, pretty good along the way to having a deck that you like that's, you know, you think is going to be pretty good. You just mm -hmm. want to just finish it off right there. You can buy this from the store. It's uh, $49.99. Gives you everything that you need to just kind of finish your deck. Or if you wanted to kickstart a deck, you'll be able to do that right out of the gate okay. and not have the... Can you buy that for gems? Is it just... It is going to be uh, RMT only, so real money only. Okay. Uh, the... When we look at that, again, it's, it's primarily a Kickstarter and primarily getting around the inefficiency of opening a bunch of packs. You know, I talked earlier about we think collections are are good, mm -hmm. right? So if you try to get to that get to that number of wild cards and rares, uh, you will have a bigger collection but it's more inefficient and mm -hmm. you will uh, the bundle gives you slightly better amount of rares and wild cards than you would get just by opening those 50 packs, but you're losing out on maybe some of the randomness that might help build your collection. So it's a trade-off that I think players get to make on how they want to interact with the, the system. Okay. Right. I, I'm going to uh, jump where we're going to get to medium and long-term stuff in a second. I'm, I'm going to jump to a question that I'm sure we're seeing a bunch in chat right now, and I, I know we've seen before. Um, so you're, you're talking about collections being important um, and, and also being able to jump around being important. So why is dusting not on the menu for Arena? Uh, Partly for the reason I talked about earlier, which is we account for that when you open packs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we built the system to reward the, the fun of opening packs, and then you build towards your wild cards. Mm -hmm. uh, dust, the reason we don't do dusting is, again, it was a decision we made early on where mm -hmm. uh, what we wanted to prevent is the looking through your collection, trying to decide uh, what you want to destroy. And for some... I, and I don't want to, like, for some people, that's going to be an easy decision. They know exactly what they want, and they'll be able to destroy yeah. something. Uh, but for a lot of our players, that's actually a hard decision. Uh, it's going to be going to Reddit and, like, here's my collection. What should I destroy? Yeah. Right? What is the best thing? How do I make sure I don't uh, make a mistake? Mm -hmm. And with Magic, you know that uh, whenever a new set releases, everything can change. Mm -hmm. You can destroy cards that, you know, six months ago weren't seeing a lot of play and were not valuable. Mm -hmm. And now you, you won't have those when the next thing comes along and starts making pieces of your collection more interesting. You'll, those will be gone. You'll have to then 
recreate those or recraft those or now destroy a different swath of things to get the, the thing that you already got rid of once. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we're trying to do in this is, you know, make it fun, give you that dusting experience up front. We don't, obviously, it's not called dusting, but do that up front. Where and, you get a fraction of a card up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Each pack is very much a, a tick towards your next wild card mm -hmm. uh, and prevent the, you know, the field bads that can have happen when you destroy collections, particularly in those, uh, you know, anybody who's not an expert, right, is going to yeah. struggle a little bit more than the, you know, the top tier players who know exactly what they want. Uh, hopefully, you know, again, in the in the economy that we have, that a lot of the players are playing and engaging in the systems and have a, a fairly robust collection. Mm -hmm. uh, so getting to their, again, getting to their next deck is hopefully not too much of a problem. The big problem comes when wild swings in deck, like, oh, I've been playing some, you know, Boros deck forever, and now I want to jump into, you know, something Simic, and now there's not a lot of overlap there. Mm -hmm. That's where some of the pain is. And that's where, again, we hope that something like, oh, a wild card bundle will just kickstart that. You'll have a bunch of the commons and uncommons, mm -hmm. uh, and now you're just looking for okay. the rest of it. All right, so let, let's let's jump back to the the things you all are thinking for for kind of medium and long term. So, just we got we got on a little sidetrack there. Yeah, I, yeah. Although I know that that was something that the audience wanted to hear. So, um, so we, we talked about wildcard spend anxiety, um, the ability, you know, difficulty in dabbling and exploring, difficulty completing a collection, those sorts of things, and, and other issues you've seen. So, medium and long term, obviously, the, it gets a little hazy the further out we get on what's actually going to happen, but what is your team thinking about for solutions in those areas in the, the sort of medium and longer term? So uh, we'll go back to a couple pain points uh, because that's again, how we want to try and focus on things. It's like, what are the obvious pain points mm -hmm. and then what are some things we can do to address those? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we talked about it. One of the things we talked about is if you're a, a limited player, you have a very real uh, event path that gets you a bunch of cards. You yeah. open the cards, you have prizes that give you gems and boosters. Mm -hmm. Those boosters that you get, you can open in again. Accelerate yeah. your wild cards and all of those things. Wrap, build a collection. Yep. Uh, constructed events don't do the same thing. Right? Yeah. They're very... Uh, they get golden ICRs. Golden ICRs. You get a handful of ICRs and yep. that doesn't do anything to... Like the ICR, ICRs you get aren't tied to a specific set. They're just the format, so mm -hmm. standard. Uh, as a whole, so you don't know which boosters are going to come from. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't do anything to progress wildcard tracks, so you're not getting any benefit there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just a light touch on your collection. So yeah. one of the things we're doing here soon, uh, probably April, May time frame, is we're going to update some of the constructed events to be more similar to what we do with draft. You'll get gems, you'll get boosters as part of doing well. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll have uh, you know slightly different structures for best of one and best of three. Mm -hmm. uh, but the hope there is that by changing what the rewards look like and how, how you're, you're playing, you're going to have more meaningful progress for collection for opting into a constructed event than you might currently have. Mm -hmm. right. so, uh, so that's one of the things that's coming. Um, the other one I think we've talked about a little bit, and again, this goes kind of slightly off topic, uh, but we've heard, you know, when we talk about, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about alchemy, right? Yes. We have a whole alchemy section. <laughs> yeah, we're, a whole we're alchemy there. section. Yeah. So maybe this is best saved there. Uh, so I'll skip that one. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Okay. Uh, but one of the other things is then when we look at, you know, this is more mid to long term. When we look at one of the concerns is when we look at people who uh, don't know what to spend their wild cards are on or are afraid to spend the wild cards on decks uh, for decks that they haven't tested yet and they don't know if they're any good. Mm -hmm. We really want to provide a way for people to test decks to uh, experiment with things they might not be able to build yet mm -hmm. uh, in a way that is uh, readily accessible. We do this a little bit from time to time with what we call the all-access events, sure. right? where you can join an event, you can build whatever you want. We've mm -hmm. done it for Historic, we've done it for, I think, Alchemy and, and Standard. Mm -hmm. We do it on and off. We want something along those lines in a way that, can, uh, that isn't just a point-in-time event, okay. but is part of a process like that. You can go test a bit. Now, whether that's against you know, Sparky and you're just, you know, to use a term that maybe not everyone knows, gold fishing, right? just trying to see yeah, how yeah. well your deck does in a short amount of time and make sure that it feels right. Mm -hmm. uh, or if it's, uh, you know, some other way for you to, we'll say, borrow cards in some form. Uh, you know, we don't have the exact 
form that we want this to take, but this is the kind of thing that we're that talking about. Try it here. before you buy it kind of situation. Correct. That's that's around more often. That's around uh, not just more often, but just available. Like, okay. like ideally it's available just all of the time. It's part of, you know, maybe something like this is actually in your collection, right? When you put together a deck that you don't have cards for, mm -hmm. there's a try it out. Yeah. And then you can play in the play queue or you can play like I said, play in okay. Sparky or something for some amount of time. And again, we don't have all the specifics, but we know that that kind of thing will help reduce some of the fear about spending wild cards. We'll make sure that the, your deck idea works. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, building a deck that you think is going to be awesome. And then you start playing and you realize, oh, this doesn't work the way I thought it did. And now yeah. I'm sad. So we want to kind of reduce those regret moments. Right. Right. And then we talk about this with, again, with dusting. Like, Reducing regret is a part of our philosophy on mm -hmm. like, we would rather have you try things and have fun mm -hmm. and not regret the decisions that you make. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go, we, we mentioned alchemy. We, we said the alchemy word, we and I, I'm sure there are a bunch of questions in chat right now uh, related to alchemy. So we're just going to jump ahead to our, our section on alchemy, especially because I want to make sure that we get to, we've got a bunch of great questions being fed to me from chat, and I want to make sure we get to all of those. Um, okay. So let's start with this. So we introduced Alchemy last December. Yep. Um, when we were introducing Alchemy, when we were thinking about Alchemy, uh, what kind of considerations were made for the economy in, in that discussion? Um, and what about when future formats are added as well? So uh, with Alchemy specifically, because we knew it was going to have cards to acquire at a slightly different rate than the set, mm -hmm. uh, we had a conversation around, you know, what's the best way to distribute cards in this manner? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, historic uh, anthologies have a model, which yep. was, you know, you can buy one of all of the cards at once, and you get one of them, you buy all four, and you use craft wild cards. Yep. Uh, there is a, a little bit of an appeal to, like, oh, I can get one of everything. Yeah. But one of the things, again, what we, talk, we talked about was there's something satisfying about opening a booster, making progress towards wild cards, so mm -hmm. you can open, uh, you know, tying into that normal magic feel. So that's where we leaned into alchemy boosters. Mm -hmm. uh, now, because this is new, we've, we've tried a couple of different things over time. We're going to continue to do experiment on how we, you know, allow people to acquire those cards, mm -hmm. uh, expand the options, maybe tweak some things or, yeah. or, or change some of the offerings. Uh, you know, we've, we've tried a bundle, we've tried some other things, we've tried some events where you can play. Uh, there's one, I think there's one up today that is, you can try a couple pre-made decks with Correct. alchemy cards in them, and, then yep. the re and it's free, Yep. and the rewards are al yeah. random alchemy cards. Correct. Yeah. Right. Uh, the previous one was, uh, again, an all-access style, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe it was Build Your Own, I can't remember which one, but it was al alchemy packs for the rewards, and that okay. was also free. So we're still playing around with exactly what the right distribution there. So we know that there was going to be extra things to collect. What is the right way to get them out? How do we make people excited, again, excited about Okay, so you're still release. exploring yeah. like kind of what the right touch is on yep. that with every algorithm. Yeah, okay. but we did, again, we did, and there's no, doesn't mean we won't change, but we were committed, again, to the benefits of what a booster does and mm -hmm. how it, uh, again, can reward you with wild cards and, and that kind of a thing. All right. Uh, when you talk about formats, which is slightly, I mean, Alchemy is a format, but also has a product. When we talk about right. formats in general, uh, again, we, it, we know how our economy works, and we know that depending on the format, there may be different pain points. Like, mm -hmm. So when you talk about historic, yep. you know, historic is all of the sets. If you've been around from the beginning, it's going to be, and played pretty regularly, you're going to have a pretty reasonable historic collection. We've already yeah. gone through a couple of rotations, you've got a bunch of cards, uh, but we know that you know, historic itself is harder to get into. It's not, wasn't frontless part of the economy. Right. We have work to do there okay. to, in, in some regard, but we also know that it's just like a modern or like, you know, any of the non-rotating formats. Mm -hmm. It just has a higher barrier to entry. Yeah. Right. So as a new player, again, we expect most new players to be in standard or alchemy, something that's more frontless, gets their feet under them, start building their collection. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually pivot to an alchemy or to a historic when um, it's right for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that just jumping into historic will be hard. Now, a wild card bundle will help, again, because it does one of the key things, which is you're going to get 12 rares and four mythics, and you can 
doesn't matter which sets they're from, it yeah. doesn't matter if they're historic or standard or alpha, whatever it is that you want, you can just craft those. So your ability to get to a deck will be faster up front, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you want to take that route. Okay. Uh, and then I think the other, I think this is a good place to mention this other thing. You know, one of the other things, uh, when we launched Alchemy, mm -hmm. we had, uh, uh, the intent again there is we want something that is, uh, meets the needs of digital players. Sure. Right? And so when we, when we launched that, we talked about we're going to have live formats, which are our digital first formats, Alchemy and Historic. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have, you know, tabletop or print formats that mm -hmm. more closely match tabletop. Yeah. When we launched that, we have three of the quadrants. Yeah. We have Standard, which matches tabletop. We have Alchemy, which is your very fast digital live yep. format. We have Historic, which, you know, takes everything that's printed, or almost everything that's ever been printed on Arena and is, again, a live format. It has uh, rebalances and takes the, alch the Alchemy card changes. But what we don't have is a non-rotating print format. Right, which actually addresses the question I just got fed in chat from yeah. Mountain Go GG. Is there anything in the pipe to bring an eternal format that isn't tied to Alchemy? There is, okay. and it's coming relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, we will, uh, we don't have the name or the exact definition, but you've seen some previews if you've been playing. Mm -hmm. uh, we've run a couple different events. Uh, we'll look at the data, make sure we're we're picking the right one. But we yeah. will have here in the next, you know, month or two, a non-rotating format that you can play with tabletop print cards. Yep. No digital-only cards. No uh, digital uh, rebalances. It will just be printed or not printed. Okay. Uh, and it will be, you know, it is a, you know, we've talked about Pioneer, and I'm sure this is also in the question. That was actually my next, uh, <laughs> it's along the lines of my next question, so yeah, yeah continue on um, uh, Pioneer. Right. This will be kind of that bridge to what we hope to get to Pioneer. At some okay. Point. Um, I, if I'm going to guess, your guess, your question is something along the lines of why we didn't do Pioneer. It, 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 yes, it's, it's the why alchemy instead of Pioneer right. question that we've seen a lot, yeah. Yeah, so... Why Alchemy instead of Pioneer? Uh, and this goes back to why we're going to launch the tabletop format. At the time we launched Alchemy, Historic had started to do a lot of the things that we want, would have wanted out of Pioneer. Mm -hmm. A non-rotating format for players to play the cards that they've collected over time. Yep. Uh, and Historic was filling that niche very well at mm -hmm. the time. Yep. Uh, it had con grown continually since, and actually continues to grow as a very popular format. Uh, and so... The more pressing need at the time we launched Alchemy was, all right, how, we have standard, we have this non-rotating format, but what we don't have is something for digital players who want uh, more regular balances, more regular iterations on what's popular mm -hmm. uh, at, at the speed that you know, makes sense for a game that has lots of play. Mm -hmm. right? uh, one of the things we're trying to address is that feeling of, oh, I'm running into the same kinds of decks for, you know, sure. weeks to months, yeah. right? Which can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we wanted to be able to have something that was much more flexible that we could pivot in real time or mm -hmm. close to real time. And right now the cadence we have is, you know, every two or three weeks is probably, or every three weeks is roughly our kind of like, oh, here's a, here's a thing, here's a mm -hmm. rebalance, or here's an alchemy drop, or here's, you know, something else. Yeah. Uh, Again, Historic was filling that non-rotating format well, but with the addition of digital, with the addition of the live portion of that, mm -hmm. we realized pretty quickly, uh, thank you, everybody, <laughs> uh, that there was still a need for a non-rotating format that was just print cards. So you can yeah. just use the cards that you have in your, you know, you've seen in your tabletop collections and yeah. you don't, don't have to worry about... Well, there's the something to be said for the mental space, Correct. too, of just keeping track of... Yeah. 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 So, okay. Uh, that will be coming very soon. All right. Um... I'm going to run through a couple more of my uh, pre-done questions, and then we're going to get to Q&A, because there's a bunch of good questions that we've got here. Um, let's see. How about... Uh, let's, let's stick with Alchemy for a little bit. Um, can we have more Alchemy-focused draft and sealed events to help build collections? Is that a possibility? So we knew that when we talk about adding cards, we knew that the amount of cards would be uh, something we have to to manage very closely. Mm -hmm. uh, the first alchemy drop was kind of a double drop because mid and vow was kind of a double set, so we tied into that. Yeah. Uh, and to have enough to launch the format with. Sure. 
our regular drops are always going to be right in that 30 card range, and it's really hard to have anything with that few cards have some sort of limited experience to go along with that. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talked, when we had settled on boosters, we had talked about, all right, is there an opportunity to include alchemy in a draft mm -hmm. of some sort? Yeah. Uh, and there still is an opportunity, but it wouldn't be a regular thing. It would be a sometimes thing if we went down that route. Sure. Uh, one of the things we wanted to be very cautious of, again, when we talk about authentic magic, is keeping you know, a draft format as close to the tabletop version is something that we value very highly. Mm -hmm. Again, it's an expectations thing. So yep. what we want to be cautious of, if we do something like this where, oh, maybe now there's a mix of alchemy boosters and, and you know, like for Neo, because Neo's out, right? Neo alchemy and, and regular Neo boosters in a draft, mm -hmm. that people who join that know what they're getting into. We don't want to surprise people. Sure. Right. So I'm not saying never, but, and we talked about the possibility, but we erred on the side of keeping draft authentic. Okay. Uh, maybe in the future we'll do something again. As we explore different ways to distribute cards, maybe that is an option that we pursue. Okay. All right. I am. I, I do have more questions that I had written down before the show, but you all have put so many great questions in chat um, that my team is sharing with me, so we are going to start tackling some of those. Um, they have been feeding them to me as the show's been going on, so some of these we've answered, but let's try... Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. That was answered. Uh, okay, so the the wild card bundle. Yeah. Um, Fifty dollars, twelve rares, uh, four mythics. Uh, the question um, from unpronounceable username: uh, How was that fifty dollars price tag for the wild card bundle determined? Uh, it was based off of the normal acquisition rate of wild card by opening packs. Okay. Uh, is the short answer. Okay. Right. So the rate at which you open packs and, and build collections, and then, like I said, uh, if you were to open all of your packs, you would pro the same equivalent in packs, you'd end up with probably a couple fewer rare wild cards, mm -hmm. uh, but a lot more just cards in general. Okay. Um, next question from uh, Vinkelseer. I should stop trying to pronounce these <laughs> names. It's just not going to go well. Um, so this is a question we've seen come up a few times. I'll, I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll, I'll clarify a little bit for, for people who don't quite follow it. Um, the question is, it feels really bad when we get our eighth-plus copy of the mm. same rare from two different sets with the exact same art even. This was an issue, I think, with Jumpstart um, yep, particularly. Uh, and it happens whenever we reprint. Yeah. Uh, it says, why not auto-dust those for us? Uh, the short answer is uh, technology. Okay. But... Uh, this is a, a nice thing. So uh, I believe uh, we have announced, and if we haven't, I'm going to preview it now, okay. uh, things, uh, the ability to like set your favorite land. Mm -hmm. uh, and We haven't announced that, so continue. Great. <laughs> so that's coming. Uh, and some of the tech that was required to do that, to you know, kind of clean up some, you know, mm -hmm. maybe some assumptions that were made a while ago, and like, oh, we're going to have this issue where we're going to, like, we don't want you to have to sort through you know, scroll through every land, just set a favorite, and that'll be your default. Mm -hmm. uh, that tech also will help us solve this other problem. Okay. Now, we, I don't, we don't have a solution right now, Okay. but that helps us go, all right, how do we solve for when there is a reprint? Uh, and people don't need 12 copies of duress right. to, to be like one of the more common examples. Yeah. Both, yeah, sorry about that. Both common, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> dumb. Uh, but, uh, so we know, we know that's a problem, you know, uh, reprinted uh, rare lands are another one of those that mm -hmm. those come back every so often. Yeah. Right. How do we solve for that? Yeah. This tech lets us start solving for that. I don't know exactly what the solution will be, uh, but it is more possible now than it was, you know, a month ago. Okay. So, but it, we are aware of it and we will uh, make progress towards figuring out, all right, how do we prevent this from happening? Okay. All right. Um, Inferno Storm 1, I can pronounce that one, says, okay, no dusting, but what about converting common and uncommon wild cards for a rare mythic? So not dusting, but like trading up. I know a lot of people end up with a lot of common, a lot of right. uncommon wild cards. That is the question, yeah. So uh, the lot of common and uncommon wild cards is part of how we design the economy. Okay. Uh, one of the, again, when we talk about regrets and feel bads, one of the things we wanted to prevent is anybody 
ever being unable to create a deck that they wanted because they didn't have uncommons. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so we over-index uncommon and unwild, uh, uncommon and uncommon wild cards in the distribution of wild cards. Okay. Which is why that's, we haven't even talked about that as a possibility. Okay. If we were going to do that, uh, we would have to change a big chunk of how we distribute things. Okay. So, and it's just, again, we aren't talking about that right now. All right, from uh, Scott is Lost, will Mythic packs, uh, the packs that only come with a Mythic rather than a Rare, um, be duplicate protected? Yes. That's part one. Okay, great. Uh, if so, can Mythic packs replace Mythic ICRs on future Mastery Passes? Maybe. There's no technological reason why we can't do that. Okay. Uh, so we would have to talk to the product team, but yeah, I don't think, I won't say yes, we're just going to do that. Yeah, but, but it is definitely possible. a possibility. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Peregrine23 wrote, um, the economy is especially harsh to newer players because most rewards are tied to wins. Are there any plans to reward players more for playing even if they don't win? Two parts. Uh, so the, if you're playing in events, yes, mm -hmm. you have uh, more pressure to win. Agreed. Uh, and then the daily win bonus is also a, a portion of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the rotating quests are not built around that, and very specifically, again, we didn't want everything to be based on wins. Mm -hmm. That said, uh, we also know that there is an opportunity, and again, I can't have promises that when we talk about mid to long term types of things we're talking about, mm -hmm. there is an opportunity to uh, reward additional behaviors of playing that provide instead of wins, it would be like partial wins. Like, mm -hmm. oh, did you do a thing or play a type of card or whatever? Can we reward you for some of those behaviors? And that is something we've been talking about. What does that look like uh, to reduce? Like winning gets you there faster, mm -hmm. but playing continues to make progress. Sure. That's the style of thing that we would be looking at to replace or to help those newer players who are starting out. And, and you know, the, the premise is absolutely correct. Like if you're just learning how to play magic, you are learning so many things mm -hmm. uh, and winning is going to be harder as you learn cards and interface and all of the other things. So we are aware, and it is the kind of thing that we want to address down, down the road. Okay. Uh, all right, next question from Marvel Leaf. These usernames are getting easier. Um, all right, what about reimbursements for uh, nerfed cards, so cards that are rebalanced to be less powerful? Uh, in historic, can we get our wild cards back? Um, so, uh, before you launch into that, I, I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna be corporate chill for a sec. It, it is worth pointing out that there were a bunch of nerfed cards, rebalanced cards, and it was alchemy. It's a little different, but mm -hmm. that did show up in the event, uh, the the championship this past weekend. So they they do still get played, but it's still you know a reasonable question. This yeah. card that I had that I you know exchanged a wild card for maybe. Um, no longer does what I, I get yep. to do. So is there any discussion in that area? Uh, that one's slightly more complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, in the, the goal, again, of having a fast digital format was for us to be able to make changes quickly, Yeah, both positive and negative. We've had, uh, you know, so, some of the rebalances were very heavily skewed towards just cards got better. A couple of them got worse. The whole dungeon. Correct. Deck, like, yeah. hey, let's find cards that we think have interesting potential, mm -hmm. but may have missed the mark yep. and make them better. And we mm -hmm. saw with Venture, we saw that, and it actually did well in the mm -hmm. set championship. Right? Yep. Uh, in order to maintain that, uh, we needed to be able to free designers to make changes without, like, what's the cost? Right. Right. It is a thing that, that we have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's part of that equation on why we, as we launch, we're, we don't do refunds. Now, I'm not saying that won't change over time. Mm -hmm. We're still, again, learning as we go in a lot of these things. Like, uh, outside of, you know, ancient history long ago, digital-only cards are new. Yeah. Uh, and how they interact with the ecosystem are new. Mm -hmm. uh, the philosophy around all changes that we make is, you know, when we're talking rebalance, we're trying to find the right level of power mm -hmm. so the card is still playable. Mm -hmm. uh, but isn't, doesn't create a situation where it's the only card you should play. Okay. Right? And so when you look at some of the changes, and, and particularly, like, 
we do balance primarily for alchemy, and some of those changes will hit historic over time. Yeah. Like sometimes you're rebalancing a card that doesn't see any historic play, and it still doesn't see any historic play, and nobody mm -hmm. cares about those particularly, yeah. right? Uh, but you know, the kinds of ones we've seen are ones where uh, the balance is more felt in historic than in alchemy, and how we manage those. So there's a couple things. Again, we continue. We'll look at the play rate, how they how they perform in decks. We have a lot of data on. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the win rate of decks that include these cards, and did it go up or down? Uh, you know, from the data side, uh, we've been pretty happy with the changes we've made. Uh, most of the time, I'm not going to say every time because it's not always going to be true, but most of the time when we've made a change like that, uh, the win rates stay pretty pretty even with the the balance card and the, the change card. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of what sometimes will happen, it may go down in how often it's played a little bit, as people find alternatives that just weren't viable at the time, but now yeah. you have a conversation or a, or a consideration to make. Do I want this ability, ability or benefit or this one? Mm -hmm. And that's where some of the interesting choices get made. Um, when we're talking about historic specifically, we're also uh, we're talking about what's the long-term plan? If I'm balancing something for a rotating format, yep. what happens when those cards rotate? Yeah. Do they just go back to normal? Uh, it's very likely that the, you know that's kind of a, a, something we will pursue. We haven't gotten to that point yet, so sure. we don't know for sure. Yep. Uh, but that is on our mind too. Is like it's very easy for us to be like, oh, it is rotated out. It's a historic only car. Great, full power. Yeah, go have at it. Uh, in the short term, between now and then, uh, is there a feel bad to some degree? Absolutely, we understand that that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But what we hope happens in uh, you know some of that is that the format is more balanced and more fun to play over time. Mm -hmm. That that kind of balances out a little bit. And again, we'll continue to work on it, iterate on it, and see what. You know, what changes can we make or what changes do we need to make? And then start rolling those out as well. Okay. Um, bu -bu 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 from, okay, best username so far, Turtle Power MTG. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, will constructed events either impact rank or have some other meaningful organized play path? Uh, short answer is yes. Okay. And we're not ready to talk about it. We're not. Probably next month. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, for those who don't know, we're doing the tabletop premiere play announcement later this month on the 31st on this show. We'll have Billy Jensen. I'm just doing a plug for my own show in the middle of this interview. Um, and, then, and while we won't have all of the details for digital at that time, we digital is a part of those, and we will announce those over time. Yes, and, and, and all those details will be on the 31st. You'll see it then. But it's all, it's all happening. It's all <laughs> happening. Um, okay, not a question, but uh, just a, a plug. We'll give it for... Uh, dark yet. We've gone back to difficult. Anyway, um, uh, just please sell the alchemy cards as a bundle. There's one vote for that. One vote for bundles. Got it. All right. Um, okay. Paige Lazarus asks, in terms of trying before you buy, are there any plans to enable deck sharing between friends for using direct challenge to test cards you don't own? Are there plans? Definitely a feature that we've talked about and mm -hmm. we know the value of. Okay. Uh, historically, over the long history of Magic, mm -hmm. the best way for players to learn mm -hmm. is to play with their friends. Yeah. That is something that we are very much aware of and have talked about when is just a different conversation. But when, yes, yeah. that, okay. that kind of thing is something we're very interested in. We think that's a very powerful mm -hmm. uh, and we would like to get there at some point. Okay. Uh, the man with the cat asks, will we get more historic anthologies? Yes. Um, bu 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 I don't know that you're going to know the answer to this, but I'll ask oh, it anyway. Okay, make up answers. <laughs> uh, is there a code for free packs for the new Alchemy release? If so, what is it? The answer is yes, <laughs> but I don't know which one. Don't which know goes. what it is off at. Uh, maybe maybe one of our community managers will put it in chat. I don't know. You, uh, it's me looking at the community managers in the camera. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see, we already answered the Eternal format that isn't tied to Alchemy. Um, okay, we'll get, we'll get back to a question about some of the philosophy. So Adam YMHMI uh, <laughs> asks, beyond drafting, why does your company think opening packs is such a big part of the experience of playing Magic? So I'll, I'll actually talk to that first part of that question, is that to affirm, yes, our company does think opening packs is a big part of the uh, experience. That's why we've introduced things like set boosters, mm -hmm. for example, which we explicitly say are meant to be open rather than drafted. Um, but now talk about that from the digital side. 
it's very it's very similar. It's again when we talk about authentic magic, mm -hmm. it's part of the magic experience. Mm -hmm. Like the possibilities of opening a booster is, is something that we wanted to mm -hmm. uh, continue, uh, and it's part of you know when we look at the the types of things we want in arena. It's very much like oh the opening of a pack. It should be an exciting and fun experience. Mm -hmm. Now again. Every player has their own spectrum of wants yep. and needs. It's not everybody is going to be, you know, yeah. super excited by that. Yep. But we think that it, that process and that powerful has worked for Magic for 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, and it's an important part of Magic. Sure. Um, if you, I'm not going to try to pronounce this username, but <laughs> if you want alchemy to be faster, why don't you rebalance and ban cards faster? Uh, rebalance and ban cards. So the hope in alchemy is to have a ban card, mm -hmm. only rebalance. Yep. Uh, and rebalances are a combination of uh, data and then effort to deliver. Yeah. So uh, we have to see some of the results and some of the things that we want to balance mm -hmm. before we can balance them. And then any changes we make to cards are still coding changes that have yep. to be built, tested, deployed. Uh, and so about every three weeks is a cadence that we're relatively comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you look at three or four weeks, is roughly, right? Uh, that's the cadence we've tried to establish. Uh, we've gotten pretty close to that. It's going to shift time to time, depending on what releases are coming out and what other things are going on. Mm -hmm. But that's roughly where we want to be. Okay. Uh, we do also try to manage between um, major events, right? Trying not to necessarily disrupt something, right? you know? Now, we're going to miss sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're going to make a change that's very close to an event. Mm -hmm. uh, and honestly, that's going to be an opportunity where we learn and, and, and grow and try and figure out, right, what is the right cadence? Is it right before an event is really exciting because mm -hmm. people get to brew? Or are people sad because they were testing for one thing and now they have to test yeah. for another? And so that's, you know, the, as you know as well as anybody, that's a balancing act that we yep. try and manage. So we may shift something a week or two, mm -hmm. uh, depending on that. It's one of the reasons why... Alchemy is releasing after the set championship. Right. We didn't want to interrupt that. It's it released today. It yeah. did. Yeah. It is available yeah, today. There, there you go. There's your plug, everyone. So when you get your code, community managers, <laughs> uh, you will use it right away. Yep. Um, okay. Let's see. From Crime and Net. Uh, is the normal acquisition rate of wild cards something that is open to change? Uh, it, if, if you're talking about the rate at which we currently distribute wild cards, is it open to change? Yes. Do we plan on changing it? Right now, the answer is no. Okay. Um, from Six Streaming, one of the big issues in making multiple decks is the rare land requirement. Mm -hmm. Oops, my screen just moved. <laughs> uh, has there been any thought on just giving players a set of rare land cycles that set comes out so people don't have to use wild cards on not fun cards? that deck needs. And, and, I, and I think you can probably talk more about just like rare lands yeah. generally rather than that specific so, suggestion. Uh, I don't look at the context of every deck, but we update our decks uh, with rotation at least. Mm -hmm. our, uh, this is the decks that you acquire as a new player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, rotation renewal. Is right, the, rotation yep. renewal. Yep. So we update those at, at the rotation to be good for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, and I believe that some of those will include some of those lands. So that we do it in that way, but we don't do it for every set. Okay. Like, could we? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the what would look good in that world. We haven't talked about it. We know that that's a pain point, but it's also part of the set. Sure. So, you know, cer mm -hmm. certainly uh, a, a decision that people make is like, do I, do I get the lands, which are not the big, fun, splashy spells, mm -hmm. but are kind of like that evergreen growth. And we know that that, that is a pain point too, and maybe uh, we can look at additional conversations around uh, around that, but I don't have anything specific right okay. now. Okay. Um, will ICRs ever get duplicate protection? Will ICRs ever get duplicate protection? Uh, the answer is maybe. There's some technical challenges with how we deliver ICRs that makes duplicate protection hard. Okay. So in some spaces they are actually duplicate protected, but because it's not everywhere, we don't advertise that. Okay. Um, will there be more remastered draft sets added? Uh, will there be more remastered draft sets? Not currently on our radar. Okay. Uh, doesn't mean never. Uh, there's a lot of space available in the 
hit yeah. your, you know, what's But there's nothing the currently stuff. planned. Nothing currently planned. Okay. Um, any current plans to, uh, this is from Alpha Cream One, any plans to remove or improve, sorry, the Vault rewards? So uh, let's talk about Vault. So Vault was our original swing at duplicate protection. Sure. Way back when. Yeah. Uh, and then we came up with the current version of duplicate protection mm -hmm. uh, and said we were going to remove the Vault. Yeah. Uh, and then we just didn't because uh, what happens in the Vault is that you open up, uh, you know, duplicate commons and uncommons, which happens yeah. quite a bit. You just get progress in your vault and eventually yep. it shows up on your screen and you can open it and you get some wild cards. Uh, for us, we think that that's just a nice little bonus. We don't, sure. it's not an integral part of the economy anymore, but we leave yep. it as a bonus for people who end up opening a bunch of things. Yeah. And when you talk about, again, why packs over things, like yeah. when you open packs, you do make progress towards that vault eventually over time and it's a nice yeah. little bonus. And and if it, little trick, if when a set comes out, you spend all those common and uncommon wild cards that you think are extra on new commons and uncommons before you open packs, then all of those go into the vault. Correct. When you open them. Little trick. The Blake Pro tip. I did not come up with that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, here's an interesting question uh, from SBS0311. Any consideration to allowing wild cards to convert to other currency we could use for something like drafts? We, uh, since I've been on the team, that is not a conversation we've had. Okay. Fair enough. So, well, there you go. There is an idea so for it, your brain hole. It has uh, not been a consideration. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, let's see. From Asriel exclamation point. Um, why do Brawl and Historic Brawl not have a ranking? So, mostly from, again, when we talk about intent of what some of those formats are for. Mm -hmm. uh, we look at Brawl and uh, Historic Brawl as additional formats for fun, for variation, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and less competitive. So we don't want competitive pressure on formats where we hope that the primary goal is fun. Okay. Uh, you know, competitive pressure just does some odd things. Now, obviously there are going to be people who are competitive who still play those formats, mm -hmm. so it doesn't, it's not immune to that. Yep. But if you start putting rank or rewards on those, you start, I think, compressing what is uh, experienced. Makes sense. Uh, the other thing is we also have a special, uh, we do some a different matchmaking. We'd have to change our matchmaking for those right. as well. Yeah, because if you play those, you know who you are, Brawl players who played those decks. Correct. Yeah, I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> okay, this is, I, I really like this question because it asks, uh, honestly, the flip side of a lot of what we've been talking about because a lot of what we've been talking about has been focusing on constructed players. Yeah. And so this question is about limited players um, and maybe the idea we stuck in your ear hole is, is part of this. Um, are there any economy considerations for limited players with hundreds of spare wild cards and unopened packs? So someone who <laughs> goes on arena is to play limited, the rewards they get, they're not interested in constructed. Uh, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of it stems from our, you know, we think having a collection is valuable. We know that not everybody, not every player wants a collection. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that you would talk about, like, what are ways that you would prevent some of that, which is, is a, you know, a phantom event or a different reward structure or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do want to be cautious about who is, who is playing in, in the formats and what, what the, you know, their ultimate goal is. Yeah. I'll say that right, right now, if your only goal is to chain limited mm -hmm. and you're getting boosters, that's, you know, not necessarily going to be a, a thing that's super rewarding for you. Right. Uh, we don't have any specific plans to address that or address that at this time. Okay. Uh, but it is, again, as we think about the different types of players we have and how we meet their needs, mm -hmm. it's certainly worth talking about. All right. Um, Otaku Gamer 13 asks, why don't you include pack codes in physical packs? Why don't we do that? Yes. So, Slight Corrector, we do include... Some we, codes in we packs, do, we do but some. they're... We do, yeah. uh, so, 
Uh, primarily we do, uh, so primarily we like to, one of the things we like to do is we like to reward experiences. Yep. A lot of the times over, you know, just raw product. Yeah. So when you do uh, pre-release. I was going to say, I opened a pre-release pack today, and yeah. Those have codes because, oh, we've, you know, we have this experience, and then you go do the thing, and then you're going to experience other things. Mm -hmm. uh, there, the, the problem with just bulk packs is that uh, the tabletop audience is much larger than the arena audience. And so a lot of people who get those, just, they're not useful to them. Yeah. So and we just want to be you know, careful about how we distribute things and, and who gets what. So. The, the scale is different, is what That's you're saying. Very, yeah, it's very different. OK. Um, all right. Uh, next question from Eda Ramirez. Um, we do only have five minutes. I'm going to try to get through as many questions as we can in the last five minutes. Uh, with ban, or wait, are bans gone for historic, or are you only going to do rebalances? And are there any plans to um, improve any historic-only cards? Uh, so historic is uh, there will likely be bans in historic. Okay. Uh, there is uh, one of our philosophies is that uh, we want to rebalance cards that we think are rebalanceable. There are certain cards that aren't rebalanceable. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't rebalance a lightning bolt. Dark ritual, demonic. Uh, because lightning bolt has been rebalanced yeah. infinite times. Yeah. They, it, all Shock, of, all, all, strike, all yeah. of the versions of lightning bolt rebalancing have happened. Yeah. Uh, or you have a card that it's so iconic that if you lightning bolt, if you rebalanced it, mm -hmm. it just isn't that card anymore. Yeah. So there are a couple kinds of cards that we will just like if something were were to come up, we would just ban that card. Yeah. Uh, rather than try and do the impossible. Okay. Uh, oh, was this, what was the second half of that question? There was the second half. Um, any plans? Uh, so rather than re, uh, making banned cards weaker. Any plans to improve any historic only cards? So the the rebalance, the yeah, positive yeah. rebalances we've done for alchemy. Any plans to do that for historic only? Uh, certainly think that there is an opportunity to do that for historic only, in a, for a similar reason. Okay. Which is in uh, and again, if once we get split to have you know that non-rotating print format, yep, we might see that more. Where the expectation is that yeah, it's not trickling down from right. alchemy. Historic may actually get. Right. It's we've we've been again. We've limited a lot of those to either alchemy cards or previously banned historic cards that we think we can rebalance. Yeah. And then unban. Right. Uh, as we you know again get those four quadrants of play, the mm -hmm. two non-rotating formats, one for digital, one for print, and the two you know rotating formats. Then yeah, we will probably look at more rebalances in historic. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, real quick, I can answer this question. Is there going to be an article with these updates? There is an article going up shortly that will not only house this video, but will have a lot of this in written form yep. that, that Kirit's um, put together. Um, not everything that we talked about here will be in that article, because a lot of what we're doing is answering your questions sure. and, and kind of talking off the cuff. So a lot of the main points are going to be in that article. The short-term stuff that we talked about that is yep. coming soon, that is going to be in that article. Um, but a lot of the just sort of answering your questions, uh, not there, because we just right. got them. Uh, next question. Uh, let's go, can we get wild card track progression from opening limited packs? So the same way you, way you do it for when you open a booster pack separately, they're asking, could you get that track progression from opening packs by playing limited? Uh, in Theory, yes, but again, it's not a thing that we're talking about. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. All right. Last question. Uh, we'll do this one. Um, any plans to bring back sealed tokens with the pre-release code instead of the six boosters? Uh, so uh, one of the problems with sealed tokens is that sealed just isn't currently available all of the time. Mm -hmm. So in a world, particularly in a pandemic world, uh, where there was a lot of variance in when and how people were opening those packs. Sure. We didn't want to have somebody open something that and they then not be able to use. Didn't it. know when they were going to be able to use it, so we moved to packs because again, two two components. Uh, move. Uh, you can use them whenever you get it. You just open mm -hmm. the packs. Doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, 
also, again, for all the benefits of opening packs, move the wild card. Yeah. No. All right. That is all the time we have. I know there are more questions in chat, and you all have more questions and thoughts and everything. Um, we are, you know, I, I mentioned the, the community managers all, all huddled in a room sharing questions with mm -hmm. me. They are listening. They're watching. Um, they're going to be responding as they can and, and continuing the conversation with you. Um, I want to thank Chris Kiritz for coming on and, and starting this conversation. Like I said at the top of the show, we aren't done. We're, we'll have Kiritz back on yeah. the show. Um, and we'll, we'll do this again sometime, you know, in the nearish future. Um, no, see, I've already promised the next economy. They're, they're, Th thanks, I know. Blake. Damn it. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I appreciate all of you tuning in. I appreciate the questions. And uh, next week, so I, I kind of announced the upcoming schedule last week, but next week we have a monthly announcement day where we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff, but most of what we're going to be talking about is Commander Legends. Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, we'll be doing the pre-beat for that, so you'll have a couple card previews. Um, we'll talk about some upcoming digital stuff. We may have some more digital news at that mm -hmm. point. Um, and then the week after that, 331, is our premier play announcement. That one will be focused on tabletop. We're going to do the digital path uh, likely later in April. So that is it. Right. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Thanks.